Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. If I made you cry, I'm sorry. Baby, don't be mad at me. If I told a lie, forgive me. Baby, don't be mad at me. Have you ever analysed the news stories you see on TV or read in print? Do you recognise sensationalising when it happens? Do you form opinions based on what the media says? Or do you do your own research? Lee Hatcher is a newsreader with Sky News. He's been in radio and TV news doing reports since before the Whitlam dismissal, one of the stories that he covered back then. And he shines some light on the issue of sensationalising. I'd say in defence of journos, there's a wide variety. There's not just the typical journalists. So you've got those at the really racy end mm-hmm. of the sensational end. But some really fine, esteemed journalists yes. for whom things like truth and uh, integrity are, are the ultimate yes. in their job. But it's not to deny your point that um, you know the whole, the whole thing of it, it, if it bleeds, it leads. But there's a bit of... Well, bit, there's a lot of pressure, isn't there, that comes from above that says you've got to get some stories, you've yep. got to get the ratings, you've totally. got to get the... Does that happen with yep. Sky News? Are we able to ask about that? It is, it is an absolute pressure cooker, my business generally. Uh, one of the things I've always said about Sky, for which I've been grateful, and I've been there for 12 years, is that they're pretty straight. You know, so they don't pretend to be anything else but, okay, here are the events that have happened today. Yeah. So no agendas, no need to sensationalise. Yeah. Frankly, we haven't got the time. I could have made decisions to go to the racier end of uh, the media, yeah. but they've been decisions that I've made. I've had yeah. a couple of very specific decisions that I've, I've made, decisions that have cost me financially, cost me in terms of my career, but I sleep better at night. Yeah, right, and I right. can maintain some degree of integrity and I can think, you know, there is, there is a role I'm happy to play in this. What motivates a journo to take on dangerous missions like, um, let's look at the Bali Bow Five, the team that covered East Timor, you know, in yeah. 2007 they were all executed. And then uh, Roger East goes to investigate and he's executed. Well, some of it's... A- Almost a boy's own adventure, which is a bit of a sexist term in this day and age where mostly women are into my business. Yeah. But the, the hunt for the story, uh, those guys had no idea of the dangers into which they were walking. But um, what made them go in there? I, I, I know what this is like. You, you want the story. It's a very competitive business. We're people with lots of bristling ambition, and they were young blokes. And it's like an adrenaline rush, isn't Absolutely. it? And there's nothing like getting that story and bringing it back and and also beating your opponents Yeah, yeah. Of uh, course. at the end of the day. Of course. But, but tragically, it uh, it cost them their lives. I have a friend who's a Juno and, and uh, also another one who's a photographer for a newspaper, and they said they get the the duty of going to the tragedies and taking the photos of the tragic scene, you know, yep. the car crash, the whatever, you know. Yes. And they said to deal with it, they actually make jokes about the victim. Oh, oh yes. Oh, there is a very black humour. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you some pretty 
blood-curdling stories of the black humour yeah. that is said around those kind of stories. And being the layman that I was, I couldn't believe what yeah. I was hearing. And yeah. they said, look, it's not like that. It's the only way we can handle it. I, I don't think that that's appropriate. So I'm not saying that I'd excuse especially a victim in those kind of circumstances because uh-huh. I've seen many of those victims. Uh-huh. And I've, I've actually never known that to be the case. But there is a, a degree of black humour. There has to be some way that that so much weight is lifted off your shoulders that in some ways it's made light of. And there's a real kind of camaraderie around that. Have you gone oh, yes, many. tragedies? Oh, yeah, many. You have to yeah, do that. Many. Seen lots oh, of wow. dead bodies. So, so how did you – did your faith help you through that or – Yeah, it's, it's always cast a bigger picture over my life um, that if I was to sum up life – in what I call a snapshot view, like here I am in this circumstance and this is all of what life amounts to. I mean, that would be a deeply distressing position to be in. But I have a sense of a bigger picture where God is good, God is control, and in control, even in the midst of bad things happening. Did it challenge you at, at some stage? Because did you think, you know, why would God allow this, you know? I've often thought that. Yes, I have. And, you know, I'm quite open to admit that. I mean, the Psalms lament and complain to God about about uh, things that are wrong in this world. But undergirding that, I still have a quiet confidence, but a deep confidence that God is still good. And you know what? You look at any news story or most of them, apart from, quote, natural disasters. Yeah. And a lot of it's us playing our own mischief. I mean, we're the ones at the heart of it, which is ultimately going to the fore. Some of the deepest impact on me was in the Strathfield Massacre of uh, the early 90s. There was a... This gunman went completely crazy. I think he killed nine people in the Strathfield Plaza one Saturday afternoon. And I was there within about 15 minutes. Saw much too much. Oh, no. Much too much. And then did this enormous story that night and then the next day and then the next day and then the next day. And I I was really starting to struggle with it and cope and started almost supplanting my young daughter into the life of one particular young woman who lost her life in the Strathfield Massacre. And it was interesting. The fourth day I went out, I was assigned, we want to do the counselling angle. So how the counsellors been at work you know, debriefing all these people who've been affected. <laughs> and I went out in some disgust and thought, well, do you ever pause for thought that, you know, you, I might be in this position as well? So I went out and interviewed a counsellor from the ambulance service. I started talking to him about what we'd uh, do in the interview and started telling him about how I was feeling. He said, look, let's just put the camera away and we'll go off for a coffee and we'll have a bit of a chat ourselves. And he was debriefing me. He was doing a very kind and gentle exercise in debriefing, really? which enormously helped me. And I went back and said, you know what, I don't, I don't want to do day five of this. Just put someone else on it. Yeah, wow. So, you know, at the end of the day, journos are still people. It's, it's certainly a choice that we would have to think about if we're going into a career like that, right? Yeah, it is. And I caution young people. It's a very, it's a very tough business. But I say you do have to exercise choices and... You ultimately have the right to determine your own destiny. If I made you cry, I'm sorry. Baby, don't be mad at me. If I told a lie, forgive me. Baby, don't be 
Lee Hatcher. No matter what job we have, God calls us to be people of integrity. In Proverbs chapter 20, King Solomon asks the question, saying, Many a man proclaims his own loyalty, but who can find a trustworthy man, a righteous man who walks in his integrity? This is Light and Life. To contact us, go to salvos.org.au slash radio.